Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. But before I get started, I want to remind everybody that's listening to my voice at this point in time some very important news. Remember, tomorrow, 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 we are having our end of year, Politics Done Right end of year Zoom meeting to throw out ideas, to have you castigate me, to have you do whatever you want to do. Uh, so what I want to do is remind you guys that you uh, we sent it out in the newsletter today. And here is the newsletter that we sent out today. Ad- advertising, Politics Done Right end of your Zoom meeting. How do you get to that Zoom? Or rather, how do you register for that? I'm going to put that into the feed right now. Please go ahead and register for uh, that because we have to uh, approve your registration. But we want everybody that wants to be there, there at our Zoom meeting. Please be sure to sign up and become a part of this team. Start to tell us what you want. Tell me the kinds of things you want to hear. Tell me that you don't want to hear this. You know, we'll, we'll kind of negotiate on those kinds of things. Uh, but again, this is your program, so we want it to be everybody's voices heard. Whether you are on the left, on the right, in the middle, anarchist, socialist, communist, whatever, I would love to hear from absolutely everybody. So please um, uh, go ahead and click on that link uh, for our Zoom meeting. Again, uh, let, you know what? I, I better put the whole phrase in there so that people know what I'm putting in there, not just the link. Uh, but please go ahead and register, register for our, um, our Zoom link because it needs, I need to approve you. And the only reason I'm doing the, the approval stuff is so that we don't get what uh, a few, a few uh, weeks ago, we were in one of our conference calls and we were really attacked by the neo-Nazis. The neo-Nazis just came in and took over. So that's why we're giving people unique IDs to get into the, um, to the Zoom. So what you do is you register. Once you register, we, click, we give you your unique link, and you can come in with your unique link. So that's the reason we're doing it that way on Zoom this time, so that we don't get bombed by these guys on the ultra-right, which you know it seems like they have people that are watching for progressives doing this. I'm assuming that because of the way we were attacked the last time we had one of those meetings. We can call instead, right? Yeah, if you, if you, if you go ahead and click and register, you have the option to, um, they give you phone numbers and all of that. I would love to see whoever wants to do it by video, but calls, I, look, I just want to hear from my peeps. Doesn't matter how you come. I just want you guys to be there. Uh, tomorrow, uh, I think it's tomorrow at 8 o'clock. I did, you know, I did the, the thing a few times ago. So please, folks, please, por favor, por favor, registranse, register to come to our, our thing. Uh, wrong screen right there. Let's go ahead and register for this thing, my brothers and my sisters. I think, I think you're going to like it, etc., etc. Okay, what are we going to talk about today? De que vamos a hablar hoy? Today we're going to talk about Dr. Mithili Ramakrishnavat is going to be with us today. She's going to speak about health care. She's going to speak about where she's at in Mississippi. You're going to hear some stories from her. Uh, of course, I have some videos to play. Historian Michael Veschlak had some interesting things to say about how we are going to think about Donald Trump. Well, could we, just like how other presidents have rehabilitated themselves when they, when the Future historians sees, see that some of what they did 
even though it wasn't popular then, was the right thing to do. Will that ever happen with a Donald Trump? Impossible. Impossible. Why? Because what he has done has materially hurt people. What he has done has materially hurt people. We also have a video uh, showing a Pennsylvania governor continuing his challenge on Trump and the lieutenant governor of Texas who said, "We, I'm going to pay a million dollars to anybody who finds voter fraud. And the voter fraud that was found, guess where it was found? It was not found uh, in favor of El Senor Biden. It was found against Donald Trump. So stick around. We have a lot to talk about. But I want to start the show today by challenging everyone, challenging the way we speak. And let me tell you why. Um, you know, sometimes people hear me talk about uh, all Americans are now slaves today, or most Americans today are slaves. And it hurts some people, especially people who have never considered themselves any possibility that they could consider themselves slaves. Actually, you have the wrong hue. You have the wrong tone. You couldn't be. But I need us all to see that we are together in the same boat and that what they are doing to us today, it was just the experimentation of the slavery of the 1600s, 1600s, the 1700s, the 1800s that have perfected what we have today in a manner that is antiseptic, in a manner that makes us in a form that we conform, a form that we conform. And, you know, I had this conversation over the weekend, right? And I really want to get this across because I think unless we understand this in the core of our being, the masters will continue to control us. They will continue to be able to, to put us against each other. They will continue to create false differences. That's why I say when I want, that's why you see me address everybody. That's why you see me respect everybody. That's why even the, the most Trumpian person that's out there, I can honestly look at you and say, I have no animosity toward that person. Because I understand that we are all being used. That we have a perfected form of slavery today that works. Stay with me, people. Stay with me. And take this as something that we can build on and not take offense, offense to. It's important that we see this. And let me start it by saying this. In the old days, and some of you that's been with me for a while have heard this, have seen this, but I want you to stay with me to, to hear this. Uh, in the old days, in the very old days, when slavery was based on where you're from, the Africans that were brought here, they used the whip, they used chains, and, and that was the method of keeping you in control. And that was the, and you were commanded to do your work just to survive, just to live. And if you didn't do it, there was a penalty. But the penalty could not have been bad enough that you were not able to be, you continue to be used to do a job. What am I saying? When you were a slave, officially a slave back in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s. They had to have you locked up in chains, but they could not lose you. You were property. You were a part of their wealth. In other words, if they killed you, that would be like taking a, a piece of machinery that they just bought, throw it away. That was assets. That was their money gone. 
That was our economic system, the way it works. That was their money gone. So a slave was an asset. But capitalism today has perfected this. And then I'm going to drag that into uh, the stimulus. I want to bring this into the stimulus, the $2,000 stimulus and all of that, and how the wrong people are protecting people who don't want to give you your $2,000 or whatever. But here, here's where I want to go from here. So then, after people think, oh, Abraham Lincoln was this great guy who freed the slaves, this Republican, gov- this Republican president freed the slaves. But that had, it had really nothing to do with morality. It had nothing to do with, uh, I feel so badly that we are, that we have some of our people enslaved that I want to liberate the country. Lincoln himself said it. I freed the slaves to save the union. It wasn't, I freed the slaves because it was the moral thing to do. Why am I bringing this up? And stick with me, people, including my white brothers and sisters. I need you to stick with me here. Because we, this is how to show that you were used in the deal as well. They don't want you to know that. But you were used in the deal as well. So, as machinery became more involved, as, as, as people, as slaves, you know, weren't so coveted anymore. We had machines, the cotton gin. You didn't have to have that much labor. And after all, when you had slaves, you had to clothe them. You had to give them health care. You had to feed them. Because remember, your slaves were your machines where you had to pump fuel into them, where you had to do all these things, right? So it cost you money to do all these things. Remember that. When you got a machine... That machine just needed the oil to keep it kind of good. And, and in those days, it, you know, you either use the pressure from a lake or from a, a, ocean, a, a spring or something like that. But, you know, it was still less expensive than making sure that slave was still healthy, making sure that slave was still fed, making sure that slave was still fed and clothed. Capitalism comes. We have machines that can do a lot of work now. But here's the magic of capitalism. Here's the magic of capitalism where the, the employee doesn't have a stake. Remember, Milton Friedman, one of the fathers of the new capitalism, said the following. The fiduciary responsibility of the executive, the directors of the company, is not to the, to the employees. It is solely to the shareholder. Which means, we know in, in corporations... Employees are not stakeholders. Consumers are not stakeholders. The only stakeholder, the way the finances work, the only stakeholder is the shareholder, the person who owns the company. So therefore, we don't own owe allegiance to the court to the to the employees. We don't owe allegiance to the customer. Whatever we need to do to maximize the profits for. That shareholder is what we will do. And this is where my, all my brothers and sisters come in. White, black, blue, everything. You have, no, you have just that, that reality about capitalism itself. That reality about capitalism itself immediately made you the same level that we had for slaves. Let me explain. And it's important that... We, the Powell Manifesto taught you not to learn these things. 
They taught you that they had to keep you fooled so that you could continue working for the corporation, the master. They wanted you to stay working. So they had to fool you into believing that this structure actually had you in mind. This structure just made you what we all are now. Slaves. Slaves. I know the word isn't kind because we wear suits and ties to work. We go ahead and we make $20 an hour, $50 an hour, $100 an hour for a corporation. How could you be a slave making that? Here is a kicker that most people understand. And by the way, most people don't make $100 an hour. Most people don't make $50 an hour. Most people don't make $40 an hour. Most people just make enough to survive. And they pay you as little as they can to get away to survive. But here is the magic of capitalism. Whereas people, people, human beings had to be taken care of because they were capital. Human beings had to be catered to because they were capital. We couldn't just let them die. Because letting them die meant the master, the corporate holder of you. His assets suddenly went away. And if he wanted that work to continue, he had to buy more assets from a, an asset that doesn't live to continue. But now the employee is a special kind of slave. Because when you can no longer work, when you get sick, I can get rid of you and get the next replacement. And I owe no allegiance to you. And losing you costs me nothing. If you are no longer working, when you were a slave, if I lost you, then I lost my asset. It cost me money. As an employee, if I lose you, I just go to the next. It cost me nothing. So capitalism is an improved form. The corporate corp capitalism Defined as Milton Friedman would define it, that our only responsibility is to the shareholder makes you less than a slave because now they don't even have to take care of you. Now, unions came in and try to mitigate some of that and make you a partial stakeholder by saying you have to pay this, this amount of money and also you can't just lay them off at your whim. That's what unions attempted to do. That is what unions would like you to do, right? But as, as the Powell Manifesto continued the, the psychological play games with you to make you believe that unions were bad, to make you believe that fighting for what was yours, to make you believe that owning a piece of the company, or to make you believe that, that making sure that the system gave you health care was socialism, something that is bad, in making you believe all those things... It allowed you to be taken advantage of. One of our goals in life is to try to reform the thinking of every American to assign worth. One of the first articles I wrote when, I, uh, when we started the coffee party was titled Middle Class Held Hostage. The other one was called How to Assert Your Worth. How to Assert Your Worth. Many people look at the wealthy. Many people look at Bill Gates. Many people look at all these, and they look up at these guys. These are los empresarios. These are the great guys of capitalism. These are the great guys who made these things. They've made nothing. Bill, uh, 
Bezos, who is the richest person on the planet, he doesn't know how to program a computer. He doesn't know how to create the things that have made him a wealthy person. What he was able to do is control a few, including those who made things, who created things. People like to say, they, they fooled you into believing a few lies. They fooled you into believing that somehow that intrinsic to capitalism, intrinsic to our economic system is innovation. In other words, our system generates innovation. That's a lie. Innovation comes from engineers. Innovation comes from scientists. They would do this work for free because people that are scientists, engineers, I can tell you, I'm an engineer. I was doing engineering from I was five years old, destroying things in the home because that was how I was wired. Engineers and scientists are wired a certain way. They create no matter what. Our great capitalist society was not the first society to launch a satellite. A communist society launched a satellite. Am I saying I love communism? That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is when you look at reality, innovation comes wherever innovation comes from. People who want to innovate, and it has nothing to do with economic systems. Commercializing. Commercializing innovation is done much better in a capitalist system than in a socialist system. That is a fact because that guy who sees a great product that an innovator comes up with says, whoa, I could make some capital out of that. I can use his work and sell it and do all. That is what we have to learn is innovation has nothing to do with economic system. But economic system has a lot to do with how that innovation is expressed or, or multiplied. So what is that? What am I saying? It is important for us to understand. We, the innovators, are the ones who should determine what an economic system looks like and how to move our products. And not only that, but also how to do it in a fashion that takes humanity first, human beings first. And not consider the human being nothing more than a means of production, a high-level slave. And when we start changing from the mindset that was placed in us by the Powell Manifesto, a business class that doesn't have the ability to create anything, when we get there, when we retrain our brains not to be, not to be uh, hoodwinked, into believing that we are less than what we are, then we are going to make progress. And it is, we are attempting to use programs like Politics Done Right and other programs of this type to actually try to promote the truth as opposed to the lie of capitalism is what saved the world or, or all that kind of crap. To let people know that what we need is an economic system that is centralized around humanity first. When you centralize a, 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 an economy around 
a, a, an economic a, a system called capitalism first, what you get is everything else. Think about this. Whenever we say we need to increase taxes for something, the first question that is asked is, how will that affect business? Whenever we talk about giving health care to everybody, the first question that is asked, how does it affect business? Whenever we talk about how to present things for our kids, how does it affect business? The first question that we should always be asking is, how does it affect the human being? How does it make life better for the human being? How do we create a business model, an economic model that first look at humanity, that first says, is this going to be good for our brothers and sisters? In this, folks, we are in the same boat. In this game, you have, we are, we have to be able to come together. Now, is it possible you bet your life it is. Can we do it? You bet your life we can. But how do we do it? Just as we've started doing it one step at a time, one foot on the other. Is it going to happen tomorrow? Absolutely not. We first have to deprogram most of us. We have to make sure that most of us understand what is really going on. We have to make sure that most of us don't buy the cake. And we have to invest in those tools that are going to be used. I'm a tool, and there are many other tools like, like I am, to go out there and, 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 and put the word out. And not only put the word out, but put the word out with respect and try to work with those, even if they don't get it the first time around. Because I, I use the word slave a lot because I want to shock because when I look, and specifically, I don't have to shock, let's say, the black person or the Latino person. Well, some Latinos, yes, because Latino is not a race. Because blacks have always been known, well, we were considered the slaves. The ones that I have to shock are my white brothers and sisters to let them understand that right now they themselves are slaves. You go to Appalachia, you see, the, the, you, you go to Appalachia, you see, you see your, your future. The future of all Americans, the ones that are doing fairly well, but that are not the chosen ones to run the corporations, to be the, to be the, the administrators, to be the ones who are counting the dollars, to be the ones who are the managers, etc. We are becoming a society of renters. In other words, you are going to own nothing. You are just going to work for somebody in the long run, and if you, if you want an idea of what this pandemic has done, let me show you how this pandemic has sped some of this stuff up. Go to your middle of your store. Go to the middle of your, if you're in Timbuktu, whatever state, go there. And take a look at all the restaurants that are closing. Take a look at all the little grocery stores that are closing. Take a look at all these little things that are closing, little mom and pops that are closing. And then ask, and, and they will never open again. That is using each one of these calamities to, to grow the market share of the few and take away the market share of the many. So that pizza shop that closes, that private pizza shop, that little mom and pop pizza shop that closes, it's no problem because that is an extra pie, an extra several pies that Domino's and, and all these guys are going to sell. You know that little grocery store on the corner in that little town that closed? 
doesn't matter because that big Walmart that is on the outskirt, he will be there to take up that slack. You want to know why all the big stores like Amazon and all these guys are making more profits? Because the little guys are gone. And do you think they're ever going to say, let's give it back to the, now when the pandemic is over, let's go ahead and allow the government to give reprieves and loans and, and assets back to the people who we forced to close? No, they're not going to support that because they've already taken your business away. These are the concepts I want people to understand. Now, this pandemic, in short, let me tell you what we should have done. We should have said, as soon as, if whatever we ask to close, we should have taken that person's month's ledger and paid them for all the time that they were going to be closed. That is how we would have gotten this pandemic taken care of quickly. In other words, anybody that we are asking to close or stay home, we pay people to stay home. We pay businesses to close. We pay the rents for these bit. We, we pay all these things. We create money. People don't understand economics. Trust me on what I'm saying. Money is a figment of our imagination. And it could have been done. Okay? It could have been done where we pay people to close. But the reason we haven't done that is we do not care about regular human beings. We care about keeping the monstrosity of the unfettered capitalist corporation going. And we realize that all these pandemics can create an avenue of success for these I didn't expect to go this long, but, um, but so I'm, I'm not going to play my videos today. I'll play them tomorrow. I didn't expect to go this long. But, but this was in me after watching that it was such a problem they, to give people $2,000, each person $2,000. And you know why? They claim, they claim we couldn't give $2,000 because people are not going to want to go back to work. Are you kidding me? Most Americans want to work. Most Americans don't want to freeload. Most Americans want to work. You go to the freeways, the freeways, even during this pandemic, the freeways are full. Most Americans want to work. They don't want to stay home and do nothing. They don't want to just get a check and live a meet. They, they want to do something. Engineers want to engineer. Doctors want to doctor. That's the real world. It's only a small amount of people that, are, that, 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 that want to do nothing. But you know why they don't want to give the $2,000? Because the $2,000 will keep mom and pops up a little bit longer, will give a job, will give a, 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 a uplift for the time being until we can mitigate this pandemic instead of using this pandemic to enrich a few yet again, which is exactly what it's doing enriching a few again. So brothers and sisters, all of you, please help us all. Please help us all get the job done. It's on all of us who understand this. It's on all of us who know this. It's on all of us who can explain this. We are not, by the way, Bruce, we're not stuck, but what we have to do first is go 
and convince minds. It takes convincing minds. Okay, before I play uh, 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 Maithili Ramakrishna Bat, I want to go ahead and, and, of course, do my ask. For you that are listening on YouTube Live, please go ahead and click on that YouTube uh, Join button and become a part of our posse. We do need you. We do want you. So please become a part of our posse by joining us. Click on that Join button. If you join now, I'll go ahead and announce you. You can also support us by just clicking on that dollar sign and saying, I'm going to give you a super chat. For those of you that are listening anywhere else, you can just go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, and you can become a part of our YouTube posse by just clicking on that. Alternatively, you can become a Patreon, a Patreon support us. It's coming to the end of the year. Why don't you do it now? Become a Patreon, politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Also, of course, we support, we take PayPal, so support us at PayPal which is at politicsandright.com slash PayPal. We can't do this without you. We can't change. The other people are well-funded. They are well-funded. We work on peanuts, but we want to do this job. We want to make sure people know. That's what we do. We flood this, the, the Internet with the truth, the real information. So please consider joining us. And consider getting our book. Our book is called, uh, let me put it on the screen here, It's Worth It. Our book, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. You can get that at Amazon. Uh, how do you get it at Amazon? I've just put the link in the, in the feed right there. Or if you want to get rid of the middleman, you can get that book or any one of our books at our store, which is at politicsunright.com store, politicsunright.com store. Uh, of course, if you want to fund or go fund me for next year, which to get our equipment for going back out on the road when we're open up again, you can start refilling our GoFundMe by going to politicsandright.com slash GoFundMe. Folks, we need your support. Without your support, we just could not do it. Without your support, we just could not do it. So please, again, find your way of supporting the system, and we will be there for you. But most importantly, please remember what's coming up. We are having our end-of-year YouTube, or rather end-of-year Zoom meeting to throw out ideas. And how do you get there? Folks, here's the, I'm going to throw that in there right now. That is how you can register. Please register because we're not, we're, we're happy to approve each one of them because we don't want to be blown up by, you know, uh, those bomb those bombers that come into your to the to your uh, Zoom meetings and kind of blow it up. So we're trying to avoid that. So anyhow, that's the link to get to our Zoom meeting uh, that we're gonna have mañana. Okay, let's go ahead and listen to the one and only Maithili Ramakrishna Bhatt. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. I'm Igberto Willis, your host. I'm honored to be with Dr. Maithili Ramakrishna Bhatt. She has a whole lot to talk about. She is now working as a doctor on the front lines in Mississippi. I want to, I want to talk a, a lot about a whole lot of stuff with her. We've had her on before, and she's taught us a whole lot about what's going on in Brazil and other places where they have real health care. Maithili, how are you doing today? Welcome to Politics and Right again. 
Thanks, Egberto. It's always such an honor uh, to talk to you, and I'm excited. How I'm, I'm good. How are you? I am doing fine. Let me first ask you, um, what are you doing out there in Mississippi? How did you? How did the journey get you to Mississippi? <laughs> well, it was very simple. Uh, COVID happened, and my husband got into uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. I had the option of either going to um, Cleveland or uh, Mississippi. Um, I love the program I interviewed here uh, for my residency and I decided I think my um, my gift and talent should be used more with Mississippi rather than just like Cleveland yet another doctor in a huge in, 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 a, in a city like Cleveland um, Mississippi stands the 50th with diabetes HIV you name the disease and they have it so um, I thought not only would it be great training but actually um, serving people of Mississippi would be um, an incredible, um, you know, opportunity. So that's where. In I'm other at. words, you're 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 in a place where you, as a doctor, you're making a difference with people that really need healthcare and not getting the kind of healthcare that a country of our stature should really be given. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like uh, this is like India. This is actually worse than India in many many. Uh, situations. Please say um, that again. America, listen to this. Tell us tell that again. Uh, I think it's uh, worse in developing countries like India and Africa. And, uh, you know, India and Africa at least have avenues um, that they can use. Um, here, Medicaid doesn't pay for many of the procedures that are covered in different states. Um, you're talking about a state that is 50 out of 50 in terms of diabetes, uh, in terms of uh, heart diseases, and yet... Um, uh, it, 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 it's it's ridiculous that such a state does not give its um, citizens uh, in you know healthcare that is absolutely needed. Um, again, making it worse than India and Africa. Now, I've, I've practiced in India, and I can tell you at least India is doing better because um, Indian constitution as healthcare as um, as a human right, and you know um, it's just such a sad thing that I come to Mississippi and day in and day out I see patients. Uh, where we call ASA three, you know, um, in the um, classifications. Um, what does I that have, mean? So it's a American anesthesiologists have come up with ASA one, two, three, and four. So the three and four are really like four is probably terminally ill, going to die. Three is just better than dying. And most of my patients are ASA two, three, three mostly, which, you know, we only studied in textbooks. We never got to treat those patients in uh, Michigan, but here on a daily basis, um, I see them and uh, public health is zero. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just very frustrating that um, our attendings have had to fight for grants because Medicaid wouldn't cover certain procedures. So uh, this year are um, a lot more dedicated, and I want to say that very, very loudly. My attendings, especially, uh, we have ambulatory clinic called Jackson Medical Mall. Um, it, it's like literally a, a mall that is converted into an ambulatory clinic. Uh, University of Mississippi does more um, than Cleveland Clinic uh, does for its state. And, and this is because of a grant that many doctors fought for, you know? Um, and, and my problem is why should you fight for a grant when the state, state's Medicaid, if had indeed expanded, should have been giving this in the first place. And you're talking about HIV being prevalent here. You know, um, America thinks that it's, you know, uh, done and dusted with HIV. I worked with HIV 
in India, you know, uh, and then, you know, in the UK and then in the US, I was like, oh, well, it's not even a thing now. But guess what? We have a grant to treat HIV patients. So, you know, HIV is still prevalent and you don't get to see in, in many, many states. But here in Mississippi, there you go. I mean, number one uh, state for uh, syphilis, um, number one for diabetes, cardiac diseases, any, uh, any, any disease, you name it, and Mississippi stands first. You know what is interesting about that? Because uh, it, it, you encapsulate within everything that you've said what happens when you have a state that codifies the neglect of healthcare for its citizen, and yet they have indoctrinated those citizens into believing that supporting policies, medical policies that will make them healthy is somehow not in their good grace is not in their favor and i imagine some of those that you treat are that way yeah yeah absolutely and uh, it, what is interesting is uh, not a lot of people know jackson jackson's mayor is a socialist i know um, him i've interviewed <laughs> him okay so so you know how awesome he is um and but unfortunately jackson's roads are not that awesome you know why because the state wouldn't give him budget but here's the thing that i want to say uh, absolutely right because i have treated patients who are um rich in um in jackson and who are the poorest of the poor um and they are indoctrinated to think that um healthcare shouldn't be free but yet when I talk to them and when I compare my living in England or in, in India or talk about Brazil to them, they are very intrigued by it. Like my own attendings perhaps are all Republicans. By the way, I can't even say it out loud that uh, I am a Bernie person. Forget Democrat. Bernie, mm -hmm. forget Like, um, you know, and I'll come to that. I have, I've had interesting um, situations that have happened to me in Mississippi. But um, what I'm trying to say is, uh, I have talked to my attendings who are so-called Republicans, and we've had these conversations about efficiency and how inefficient the healthcare is and how they are spending more per capita, and yet the outcome is so bad. And they agree with me on all of that. I think they're just scared of the word socialist, and I feel like that word is completely abused. Say, for example, I went there and I said, hey, you know what? I'm a Republican, but let's talk about healthcare and expenditure. They're, they're open to talking about it. Like I've actually had great conversations without divulging that I'm, I, I don't know what I am. Am I a socialist? I don't know, but I don't want to brand myself, but I've, I've never revealed I'm, I'm a Bernie voter. I've never revealed all of that, but I've talked to them about um, healthcare and they seem to agree with everything that I say, except they're scared of the word free or they're, like you said, probably doctrine to think. Um, it's a... It's a sad indoctrination that has that. I mean, it starts in business schools. It starts in all these schools who, because because we are in such and I, I don't I, I, call, I, I don't use the word evil lightly, but because we're in such an evil economic system, uh, you have to be indoctrinated to follow all its tenets. And that is where we are. And when we have that is why I think doctors like you, young doctors that are that can get involved and start changing the minds of people with your experiences. And, and to put it bluntly, doctors that have seen other places, doctors that have seen other things, you coming from India and, and, and the UK makes a huge difference because you have seen it all. You've been to Latin America, Brazil. It's, it shows that you have seen it all. 
unlike what most of these people who have been insular, insulated from everything else. And that is the importance. And that is why your message is important Mm -hmm. not to be cooped up just in Mississippi, but around the place because Mississippi is simply the rest of America on steroids. Oh, 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 yeah, absolutely. And, and and the interesting thing that I wanted to tell you is, you know, I come from a premier tier one university, University of Michigan, you know, and I, I know the last interview, I talked quite a bit about University of Michigan. But I think what's important is they're doing all of this research. But you know what, it, tri- it doesn't trickle down to Mississippi. In your own backyard, it doesn't trickle down. And that is a frustrating thing. So what's the point, Michigan, for conducting these researches, getting NIH funding, but for what? Your own backyard, your own state in the United States of America is is so backward that we still have sexually transmitted disease and HIV. I mean, I'm just confused here, yeah? I'm like, then what's the point of research? There's something, you make an important statement because you were talking about earlier, you said, what am I? I'm not going to brand myself as a socialist. You shouldn't because what you brand yourself as somebody who believes in humanity. But here's the kicker. What they are doing, what Michigan and all these other people are doing, that is a true definition of socialism because what they're doing is they're taking the tax dollars from all of us, doing some research with it, but then they convert it into a, they, they convert the social built that they did into support for those in a capitalist structure that can be can afford to pay for the results of the socialist built. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And then you talk about Michigan Public Health School, which is top of the top, but they send their students to Africa and India, and I'm just like, oh, you don't need Africa and India. You, you, you know, to to people who make a valid argument on the right. And I have seen that and I have sat. And let me tell you something. I actually um, uh, agree with a lot of things that writers said more than neoliberals have said to me. I actually can have conversation with the so-called right over uh, neoliberals. And, and I don't take it lightly. And I will tell you that I have sat there and I heard people say, well, hold, hold on. Like, you know, I was called into a board sort of a meeting and they wanted me to talk about my Brazilian experience. But I think they were trying to uh, ask our dean at that point to say, okay, you're spending all this money and these people are going to these different countries. What Somebody actually said, what about our own backyard? And I think they made a very poignant, uh, you know, uh, argument there. And I was like, yeah, what about your back, you know, backyard, which is Mississippi, Louisiana? Um, it's the poorest of the poor. I mean, just driving here is just... Um, it, just it, it, it doesn't even feel like it's, it's the... It's, United States that I'm driving in, you know, and then how many people from Michigan come to Mississippi or Louisiana to even um, settle down and, um, and actually work here because it's, it's, it doesn't offer anything. It doesn't. I mean, you know, Jackson doesn't offer uh, amazing things like Ann Arbor probably does. Um, but I think the fact of the matter is that's why I find the doctors here who are probably Republicans a lot more, um, resilient for fighting for the for their citizens more than um you know doctors in michigan you know they don't get paid like our doctors in jackson medical mall don't get paid as high as many other doctors but there they are day in and day out fighting for things and they're all republicans by the way um interestingly so this is why i said i don't want to brand myself as anything because like you said yeah it, it is humanity and at the end of the day whether you're right or left do you believe in, in, in people? Do you believe in, as a part of this country, part of this state? I mean, are you fighting for something 
uh, greater than you. I mean, that, that those are those are questions that you know um, that I see that people here do fight for, you, even you, though I do a lot of things. But yeah, Maithili, you just hit the nail on the head, and I and I love the attitude that you just take as a very progressive woman. You understand that you you don't go ahead and just say, "Oh, this person is a Republican," and somehow you don't deal with them. You know, I just came out with my new book called "It's Worth It," where I said how to talk to your right wing neighbor, and and the, the whole I, issue be, behind all of this is to tell folks, look, it's not about. You know, we, we, we have to understand how we are being manipulated by the system. And the system is, it, 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 it requires that it keeps us at each other's throats. Now, you, you, you go ahead and you see you have great conversation with all those people in Mississippi. And I guarantee you, they love you. Because, you, you, oh, no, they do. They do. Because you're not talking down to them. You're having conversations with them. Oh, absolutely. I, I think the one thing in the South that I've realized is people have, um, no matter whether they agree or disagree, at least they respect you for what you are saying. Yes. And, and they don't look down upon me when I say stuff that probably they're disagreeing, you know. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not saying that racism doesn't exist. I, I, I have gotten the middle finger a hundred times here for having a Bernie bumper sticker. This is an interesting conversation I was going to say to you. But at the same time, I have seen... Um, a Republican doctor talk to a transgender uh, person and treating them with dignity. Right. You know? and, 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 and that to me is the paradox. The good in the South is absolutely, I mean, top of the cream, like people who are coming up with innovative solutions to get funding. Um, whereas, of course, like the, the, there are racists and, you know, but there, there's, they were racist in Michigan. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you know it, it, it is interesting what you're saying because I, I have people, I talk to people all over the country, all over the world. And people say, how do you love living there in Texas? You're in the South. And I'm like, you know, I actually love it. I know exactly where I stand. And you know yeah. what else? The people are generally very nice. And, and, yeah. and when I tell them, even my racist friends are nice, they'll be like, you have racist friends. And I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, the truth of the matter is many of my very progressive friends from all over, they're no different than my right wing friends. They're just as racist. They just intellectually know how to cloak, cloak it differently. Oh, 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 yeah, absolutely. And I think what you said was, you know, exactly what they stand. And, you know, as long as you're truthful, honest, and as long as you're saying what you really want to say, they're fine with it. You know, yes. and I'm telling you, like. Um, in between standing in between the ORs, I have talked to doctors who have said to me like, oh, you know, Trump is all over the place. I don't know who to vote for. My son's not voting this time. He doesn't like both the candidates. You know, um, the healthcare system is, you know, so bad. And I'm having these amazing conversations as we're waiting, uh, <laughs> you know, between ORs. And I'm just thinking, oh, wow. Like, and I actually have these conversations yes. without being judged rather than um, in Michigan where you have to be very, very careful who you talk to and these are so-called left okay and mm -hmm. they used to always look at me and say oh my gosh you bernie fights like you're absolutely idealistic you were um you know reach your 40s and you'll become a republican and that's been told to me mm -hmm. in, in ann arbor which is a complete liberal town but not in jackson mississippi i mean it's, right. it, goes, it goes to show you so much that aoc and bernie talk about you know, that you've had these conversations with people, like when you have real conversations and talk about real things, um, 
yeah, you're right. They're no different than, you know, um, a lot of other people that you know. You know? And, wh- and once we realize that we can have, and I think you've seen that because from everything you're telling me, that is what you're doing. You're having yeah. the conversation. I want to move on a little bit here, uh, Mythelia, and I want to talk about, uh, you stated that um, the healthcare system in Mississippi is very poor. My question to yeah. you is, as progressive, as a progressive activist, you as yeah. a doctor and what, what I must consider a progressive activist again, how best can, what best can we do uh, to really get the message across? I think with your communication skills, you're doing a good job. What more can we do to really Im- be impactful in these areas where indoctrination seems to be going against reality? Yeah, I mean, I often think about and the answer is actually very simple to eat, to just share some people in, in the South, when I'm talking about the doctors themselves, they look at data and present them data without emotion, unfortunately, you know, and, and mm-hmm. sometimes I'm very passionate too. But like when you present data and, and come, come with, uh, a, a, you know, just, just a very accepting, uh, you know, uh, solution like, okay, so, sure, you, you don't like the word free. So this really happened with my chairman of my program. He doesn't like the word free. He doesn't like the word socialized. He, he, he has traveled. I mean, okay, a lot of Southern doctors have traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. So this person who's a member of Royal College of Surgeons in Edinburgh, okay? This is a, a, a really like a, a rural boy who is the first doctor in his house, who's, you know, chairman of my program, gone to Edinburgh and stuff like that. But here's the thing that he proposed. He said, you know, somewhere in between, he said, you know, I just don't like the extremes, he said. And I, and I thought, okay, okay, well, okay. Sure. I mean, you're, you're afraid of the words free and all of that and capitalism and all of that. Um, so I said, how about Germany's healthcare system? Do you like Germany's healthcare system? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they have the best solution in my head. And I'm thinking, okay, the, the, but, but healthcare is still a human right in Germany. Right. right. But also, but, but, but here is a middle ground where you're saying, okay, there is insurance type of thing going on there, but like there is also free healthcare. I think they're okay with free healthcare as long as it's not said to them that it's free. I somehow just decided that this is how I'm going to talk. How do you like Germany's yes. healthcare? You know, and uh, yeah, it, it's sad. Like, yes, I mean, you know, you have to be idealistic. You have to be honest to what you're fighting for. But I, at the same time, how can you market it and sell it better? So some of these people who are indoctrinated, you know, horribly, how do you bring them out of that abyss um, without scaring them off by, you know, healthcare is human right. We all know that. And my progressive friends know that. I know that. Um, if, I, if I can just stop saying that and then propose it in a different way, that is basically sugarcoating the word free to, you know, whatever that they're talking about. If they like Germany's healthcare system, it, it, yeah. it's just... It, funny to me that he likes it and yet he doesn't like the word free that you know what it, I mean it, it is also it's, ironic and I, I'm glad that you said that because I am I've been trying to find a way how I hate to use the word marketing but to market it as as well and the thing about it is okay but really really it's not free it is what you can afford and the thing about it is what I, I ought to like always liked about Medicare for all is everybody had skin in the game if you were paying taxes you had skin in the game but somebody who is, if you really want to talk about free health care now, that person who does absolutely nothing to put money in and goes for Medicaid right now, who doesn't have any assets, who doesn't. Now, that is a real free health care. It's a current system. But when we have true Medicare for all, given that it's coming out of the tax pool and all of us pay taxes of some sort, at that point, it is 
it is no no i i i completely agree because there was a conversation where i looked at one of my attending and said don't you want your tax dollars to be spent in a much better fashion mm-hmm. because she was talking about these ideal idea uh, idealisms where she was looking at me and saying your generation doesn't care for the others or be want to be part of something bigger which is serving the community and i said you know I, i'm sure you've had really bad experiences with my uh but but yeah there are a few of us who are fighting for that so if you believe in all of that why wouldn't you not believe that your tax dollars should be beneficial for you and for everybody else and she's she said yeah i mean that makes sense you know but again i was avoiding i don't think they really know that i'm a socialist i i or 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 a complete far progressive left um it's it's interesting because i just don't say that but i'm talking about all of these things um and having these amazing conversations where they're actually thinking and even my, with my co-residents i um i often challenge them on a lot of things because um it, it is sad that my generation just reads the headlines and he doesn't do their research into um you know reading more than just a headline you know it's just an instagram uh post but you know you don't go about and doing your own research to understand it's always so for me i'm always up for question always question whether you're right left middle i don't care but always question yeah i mean when you come at it from that angle you know you can it, you always it, you always yeah. get the right answer ultimately i had this amazing conversation with and uh, he was telling me how he's uh, an atheist and he loves richard dawkins and he was like whispering to me don't ever say i'm i'm an atheist here yeah, because you know everybody here is a christian blah 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 but i'm like you know it, it's amazing that in mississippi i'm having richard dawkins conversation with the lab right person right and i'm like okay you know sure let's have that conversation and again he thinks he's a libertarian and you know again we try to get very defined into these things i am a socialist so hence i have to da 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 xyz right. i'm a progressive so i need to do this but when you take out that and then come out and then just have real conversations and i think that's how you change um and i think changing hearts and minds are important because you have to have a buy in the stakeholder stakeholders are doctors and a lot of southern doctors don't like the word free so how do you get that you know even i i was like you i'm 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 telling you i hated mbas i hated business degrees because i thought oh market, marketing i mean commercialization of all of that but how do you commercialize medicare for all you know how do you get that buy in now i'm talking the business language which is so interesting or awful i don't know but no no actually it is necessary i think that that's right yeah i think it is necessary and how do you market medicare for all how do you package it to the southern doctors because they have to have a buy in they are your stakeholders well you, you know, know interesting mythili you are now a southern doctor so i uh, with with having <laughs> With having you out there, I think we are in good hands. Look, my Philip, we're running out of time. So what I'd like to ask you to do is to tell me something that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you, but that you you want to get out here into the strata. You you pretty much asked me a lot of things. You should have asked me what happened to the bumper stickers of Bernie. So please tell me. <laughs> That's what I didn't ask. <laughs> Oh, you know, you know, I, I've, I've, I've said the good things about living in the south. I think the one of the, the my, yeah, okay. I had to finally take out my bunny bumper stickers because um, I was followed by a person while I was driving to New Orleans, and um, you know, I, I had a lot of my black friends in the north who were like, "Oh, you need to have guns. You need to have guns." Okay. Now, for me, I come from a very non-violent philosophy. um in you know um i'm not religious but hindu philosophy is about non violence so how do you um 
you know, Killer Mike talks about black people owning guns. I understand, right? I completely understand. But you're living in a in a country for the first. I'm living in a country that guns, as as guns go, you know, I've never lived in a country that you know people have rights to carry gun, right? So I've had this, and and this is what I wanted it. You know, you should have asked me, but because yeah, we're talking about this. Um. Anyways, long story cut short. Um. I don't know if Gandhi in today's time would have worked. You know what I mean? I, I often ask that question. Yes. I mean, like. You know, and I brought this up at the in my residence room, and they said, "Oh, you know what? They were shot Gandhi, and they said, oh, some old man fasting. Who cares?'" So, are I? So it's it's interesting. We're living in a society that we're saying, "Oh no, Germans were be- had better conscience. British had better conscience. Yeah, they were all colonizers, but they had better conscience than today." That you're saying Gandhi could never have existed today, and that I had to own a gun to protect myself. You know. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Should I have a gun in the South? I don't know. People are very scared. There are people, there are friends of mine who finally convinced me to take the bump, Bernie bumper stickers. Um, and I very reluctantly did. Um, you know, should I become a martyr for uh, having the uh, stickers or should I be a martyr for really fighting the things that I want to? Um, so these are the, the, these were thought processes that still like evolves in my mind. And I still don't have an answer for that. Well, um, I, I, I do have an answer for you um, in, in my old, in, in, in my bit of an older age of, I hope, a tad <laughs> bit of wisdom. And it of goes course. like this. I think um, you don't have to be a martyr when you're on this, when you're on I-10 or, or uh, on all these different roads, uh, because, you know, uh, having a kook mess with you because of a bumper sticker is not worth it because yeah. you're much more effective when you are out there changing minds and you don't need a bumper sticker to change a mind. Right, but freedom of speech, yeah? Freedom of speech for one, you know, one lot of people is not the same for the others. It's funny, Republicans talk about freedom of speech all the time and I'm thinking, where's my freedom of speech? It's freedom of speech for them. That's what it is. Well, it's for, you know, again, I don't want to cuss my Republican friends at all. You know, uh, and, 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 and that you're right about that. You're right about that. But my Theli Ramakrishna, but it's always a pleasure to have you on Politics Done Right. You, anytime we talk to you, we leave a bit wiser. Thank you so oh, kindly for being here. Of course not. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I hope you enjoyed my Theli. Every time I speak to her, in fact, yes, I feel like We've gotten wiser. She's young and she really goes out there. And as a doctor, she has a platform and she uses her platform well to push the messages that we know most Americans, all of us, stand for. So, yeah, let's, let, it's worth it, man. It's really, really worth it. I'm a, a over time, so I got to get out of here. But I want to thank you all for being here. Again, let me put the link for our, our thing tomorrow. Please be sure to uh, register and let's get busy and have a chat tomorrow, whatever you want to tell me. I want to actually feel you. I want to talk to you. I want to, you know, hear your voices. So give me a shout. Here is the registration link. Uh, There's a registration link. Please register and let's have a chat. Whether you do it by video, phone, or just computer, audio, whatever, just want you to be there. So thank you so kindly, guys. I really appreciate you. Let's talk manana. You have a wonderful day. You know how I end this. Baby, this is Politics Done Right. My name is Egberto Willis, and I am what? Out!
we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.